Good morning, listeners. Kathy Lawless here, Life Story Curator, bringing you the podcast series, How Did I Get Here? A series of interviews designed for people just starting out in their careers or people in transition or maybe feeling a bit stuck and bringing them access to stories of people who have maybe been through what they've been through uh, or established in their career so they can hear these stories, relate to these stories, and maybe be moved and inspired to take action in a different way. This morning, I'm very excited to be interviewing Jenea Cunningham. I met Jenea through a leadership program, and she is my coach. And every time I meet with her, I find out something new and exciting about who she is and what she does. So. Welcome, Jenea. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, Jenea, as usual, we're going to start with some icebreaker questions. Uh, but just before we do that, let's talk a little bit. So you are a small business owner, entrepreneur. Yes. How many businesses are you running these days? I, I always learn something. About <laughs> so we have one official business, which is our Airbnb business. Okay. That's our official business. Currently, I am working on developing two other businesses, uh, one as a event planner, wedding coordinator, uh, specifically for destination weddings to Colorado, oh. um, which is so much fun. Um, I just actually did my first one about a month ago, and it was a blast. And it was so much fun. I was like, I should do this for real. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. People will pay me to do this? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, had, I did it for free because it was just a friend of mine, and she's like, you should really be getting paid for this. Mm. And I was like, okay. You know, I just don't charge people for things that I love doing ah. until people suggest it. So there's that. And then we are also uh, building a financial like planning businesses. My wife is getting trained to be a financial advisor and we're really committed to assisting people that are other small business owners and entrepreneurs who wouldn't otherwise have health or life insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, those jobs don't tend to come with benefits. No, they do yeah. not. <laughs> so. Sometimes they don't even come with salaries. Right. <laughs> True enough. So yeah. I'm committed to changing that, uh, that particular structure with small business owners so that they can know that they they'll work for 20 years and have something at the end at the end yeah you know and so when you say we you're referring to your wife as your business partner yes. but also as your life partner exactly so this yes. is a joint well, yeah very cool okay. yeah we have a great time working together so <laughs> yeah well and there's a lot of trust there yes. i guess so okay well let's get into the icebreakers Fantastic. and um, these are not hard these are easy oh good okay so first off i just want listeners to kind of get a sense of who you are as a person so where did you grow up? How many siblings? What was it like growing up in your family? And how do you think that influenced you as a person? So my parents were actually in the military. Um, so my dad was in the Navy and my mom was in the Air Force. Um, we moved to Japan when I was six months old and we lived there till I was seven. Wow. Yeah, so, oh <laughs> so uh, and but my parents, my mother got out of the military because at that point they didn't want two parents in the military. Like they work with it now. But, but back then, they had more, more yeah. rules probably or yeah, more restrictions. In the 70s yeah. and 80s, it was very much like one person gets to be in the military, and it's usually the man. You know, it's pretty much the Shocker. husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the husband who gets to be in the military. So, yeah, we, you know, we did that, and uh, I, have, I have one. I have, actually, I have, so I have one sister I grew up with. I had another sister that was given up for adoption when she was born, um, who actually recently has turned back up. Which, that has been quite the thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. She's 34. She's 34, so I have not seen her since the day she was born. And now she's 34. Now she's 34. And so are you the oldest of... I am. I'm the oldest child, the oldest grandchild. So I grew up knowing that I was responsible for everyone. Ah, which may have influenced you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. 
So as an, as an adult, I still am responsible for everything, even if I'm not. <laughs> even if you're not. Okay, that's just something you take on. Yes. Okay, see, yes. this is good to know. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up in Japan, did do you speak to Japanese? Do you I know used to. Language I or? used to, but we moved to Nebraska after Japan, and there's not a whole lot of Japanese being spoke there, spoken in, <laughs> in Omaha. Um, there's a base there, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a military base there. Um, so Spanish is actually what I picked up living in uh, Omaha. It's very big migrant workers because uh, of the farmland. Oh, okay. So there's mostly, uh, there's a large community of uh, Hispanic people and Latin people in Nebraska. So I grew up with lots of Mexican people and lots of black people, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in so, charge of all of them. <laughs> and I was responsible for everything. Responsible for the world. So. That's right. <laughs> okay, so growing up, did you play any instruments or any sports? Um, I wanted to play an instrument, but I was too busy playing tennis. I oh. literally I started playing tennis right before I turned eight. My mother wanted me to have an activity, um, something to distract me from all the stress of you know the divorce and the transition from moving from Japan to the states where I'd never been. You know I'd never met my relatives. I had never. I mean, just it was like moving to a foreign land. Basically. Because it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was basically like a total, just a total change. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, my be- my babysitter in, in Japan was Mexican, so I was used to that part. But I really, the only black people that I interacted with were my was my family. So it was very shocking also to be with this whole giant, boisterous black family. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of shocking, actually. And, and were you on a military base then when you moved back? Or no, no you just said there was one there. Yeah, that, there was okay. one there, so I went there, but it was like far. <laughs> it was okay. far compared to where we lived at that time. And... Uh, yeah, it was interesting to change from, I guess interesting is the word I'd use now. As a child, it was probably more like terrifying. Yeah, you know? yeah good point. Because as a kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a big change. Most yeah. things seem overwhelming, right? Yeah, it was new. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot. I, my mom said I was actually very uh, kind of verbose as a child until we moved to the States and then I got quiet. I was shy after that, which people find me very amusing, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I don't occur as shy or quiet, but I was really quiet as a kid. Mm, okay. Yeah, really quiet. That was my response to the difference, you know, the differences and the teasing and the, you know, I was pretty clear I was different from the moment I got to the States. You know, no one was, no one was, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. People weren't kind, I guess. Mm. You know, so I got quiet in response. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. you hear kids can be cruel, right? And yeah. So, that, so can adults. So can adults. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Life can be cruel sometimes, yeah. right? So, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, but it was a learning, you know, it was a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. So then you played tennis and yeah. started at age eight. Then is yes. that something that you went on to compete um, more yeah. nationally? I, I was ranked uh, city. I was ranked state. Um, mm-hmm. I played, let's see, I run my first championship when I was 11 uh, on the state level, which was just unexpected. It was an unexpected wow. yeah. thing. Um, and then I went on to um, play on the high school varsity team. Um, the school I went to in Nebraska was actually the number had the number one ranked tennis team in the Midwest region. So and to me, you made that happen. Right, so <laughs> you were I, part of that. Yeah, I was on that team as a freshman, which was unheard of. Uh, that team was pretty much juniors and seniors. Ah, because it was so good. They probably yeah. had this you know pipeline of up and exactly. coming. Yep. So I normally I would have been on the junior varsity team, but I was actually good enough to get on directly onto the varsity, on the varsity. team. Um, which was cool. So I did that, and I was pretty clear I was going to be a tennis player. 
Like for your profession, yeah, like professional was, tennis Yeah, player. I had a whole plan. I was going to graduate high school. I was going to fly to the French Open because it's in July. Ah. July, you know, so it's the summer one. And so that was my plan. And um, actually when I was, uh, let's see, 16, which is sophomore year of high school, I think, my uh, tennis coach was actually killed in a car accident. Oh, and my I gosh, stopped that's playing. traumatic. Yeah, I just stopped playing at that point. My family was quite shocked, you know, because I went from playing every day. I used to carry a tennis racket with me and balls because I never knew when I was going to start, you know, have a chance to play. So you just want to be prepared at all times? Yeah, at all, all, times. all times. I had, you know, everything all the time. And uh, when he died, I just gave it up, basically. Wow. So what, I, I guess, I get that that's a traumatic loss to lose your coach, but that just... It wasn't the same without him, or how? What he what was, was going on? so what I was able to see later. Well, I say later last year. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I was taking a different developmental program, and I really saw that he was the one that believed in me. You know, he was certain that I could play professional tennis. Like Maybe he, more than you even believed in you. I was certain that I could do it, but it was nice to have someone else think so as well. Yeah, like my family was just. You know, I was in the newspaper a lot, and they liked that I was in the paper, and, you know. And, they and this were, was just your thing. In, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't realize maybe how important it was to you. Yeah, like it was just like, yeah, it was like my sport, you know, the thing that I did to stay out of trouble, <laughs> ah. you know, was to play tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, all the kids in my family had something to, quote, unquote, stay out of trouble. Yeah. That was, <laughs> you know, so, um, so, yeah, just when he died, I just was like, in my mind, it was, well, I didn't want that anyway. Like, that's how I was like, wow. oh, I don't want that thing anyway. And then there's all kinds of cool things. Cause it was like, black people don't play tennis anyway. So, you know, I... Wow, there's all kinds of meaning you made out of that. There was a lot there? of... It was... Uh, playing tennis as a black person in the 80s and 90s was not a thing. This is before Serena. This is before Venus. You know, this is before there was more than one black tennis player. There was one yeah. when I was a kid. And she wasn't that good. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like people were like, yeah. You should totally do that. You know, it was like, well, she's all right, you know. Yeah. And so it just turned into, um, well, it wasn't that important anyway. Wow. Yeah. Which as an adult is something that I get to see that I, I change, I turn things into frequently is, well, I didn't want that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, well, thank you for sharing that because that's a big powerful part of what the coaching that you do for me and what we're in, in the, you know, in the landmark yeah. program. So this is really a very, uh, get all interesting. Secrets. Yeah. So you <laughs> get to hear all my secrets cause you're my coach. I don't know that I've heard all yours. So, so many. okay. So, um, shifting gears just a little bit, we'll probably come back to this at some point, but, um, I want to talk about, uh, just again, who your personality is. So when you look at yourself on, um, the fun meter, <laughs> yes, <laughs> where would you say you are on a scale of one to five, one being lowest five being, you know, life of the party. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I would give myself probably a three and a half. Three honestly. and a half. I, I yeah. love the ones that always go with the half. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not the life of the party, um, which is fine. Um, but I don't like sit down and. It's actually interesting because I, I used to be that person. Ah. Like I would go to a party and I would I would mingle a little bit, you know, with like the four people that I know, but I would never go meet someone new. And once I had met, once I had talked to the people that I knew, I would usually sit down, I'd bring a book. I bring books to parties. I used to anyway, because <laughs> I knew I was going to at some point <laughs> need to sit down and not talk to anyone else. Okay. So, so I'm hearing an introverted te- uh, tendency here. Yes. So, yeah, so I would read, I'd read a book or, you know, there's always a dog and dogs oh. are happy for you to hang out with them. 
you know, you pet yeah. the dog for two hours, they are all they about really you. Okay, so according to the dog, you're a five on the yes, fun meter. exactly. <laughs> okay, on a different meter then, the risk-taking meter, one to five, where would you put yourself? One being low, five being high risk. Um, as a, I would say now is more of a four. I was definitely a five previously. I would just like do stuff uh-huh. and just like, well, let's... Let's see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> Very spontaneous. Yeah. And, like, let's just see how it goes. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I don't know. You know? But willing to take, you know, it's better than not doing something. Right. Right. You'd better yeah. do something. As an adult, then. definitely. As okay. a kid, I was way more cautious. After after my tennis coach died, I was definitely more cautious with things. Yeah. And so then, kind of another lesson and outcome from that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. situation. So, okay. Definitely. And then uh, last one. Uh, so... Who is your favorite superhero, and has it changed kind of over time? You know, Batman's my favorite superhero because, I mean, he's rich, right? I'm not rich, but he's got a lot of money, but he uses his money to make things that help him be able to achieve. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Do you know? I th- hadn't thought of him like that before. Because yeah, like, they felt like he hid the money as Batman, but yeah. Inter- okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, so um, what do you think your superpower is? Um... Hmm. I think my superpower is uh, hearing people. Like I will, I sit down with people and just let them talk. Mm. And um, I think my face says "Don't talk to me," but my face apparently says "Tell me everything." Uh, <laughs> you're not sure what your face is. <laughs> you know, so apparently, I think maybe it's just having people feel comfortable enough to around you. Yeah, to share what they're what they're dealing with. You know, I have more life stories from people that I don't know than I ever expected wow. <laughs> to have. Well, that's a great superpower. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I've been able to help, you know, I get to help people sometimes. I'm like, well, you know, have you tried this? Have you considered that? And some, most people are like, I have not. I have not, so well, let me take a look at that. Yeah, so that's, okay. I think that's a pretty neat superpower. <laughs> okay, yeah, so and being yeah. in the coaching space that you are, uh, I would uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> I think coaching is superpower. Coaching so, is pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into a little bit where you are today. So you're okay. in this mode, small business owner. Uh, so you're risk-taking. I can see how now you're like, oh, wedding planner, event planner, that's going to fit really well. Yeah. Also, um, the, now launching into financial advisory kind of role yeah um so now you're kind of you're in that space did you always want to be in that space so let's go back to again maybe those high school years college did you go to college what was the path to get you to where you are today well interestingly (laughs) actually when I went to college I wanted to be a pediatric surgeon uh specializing in cleft palates it's like babies born with cleft palates and I wanted to go work with uh what is that uh Doctors without borders. Yes, there we go. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, because they have lots of lots of cleft palate babies are born in other countries. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason for that, but there's more cleft baby place, uh, babies in other countries than ours. Don't seem, no one seems to know why. So that was what I wanted to do. Wow. <laughs> that was my plan. I started, you know, I took all the classes. I did everything like that. But my second year of college, my money actually got cut in half. I was just going to say, and how were you going to pay for it? I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I got cut in half. I tried to go to school, so I worked full-time. I had a work study and an internship to try and deal with the loss of the money, and it was just too much. You know, so eventually I just stopped. I was like, okay, well, (laughs) that's not going to work out. (laughs) I didn't really want it that bad either, right? Yeah, Yeah. I just like, yeah, I didn't want it anyway. So here I have (laughs) tennis dream. Yeah, tennis coach dies. Doctor dream. Yeah, yeah. and oh, I was just wow. like, yeah, and you know, for a while, it's just like it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's just going to get messed up anyway. Anyway, okay. here's the you know evidentiary. So, um, 
after that, I just I decided I would go into IT because IT is reliable. You know, that was like 1998, 99. Mm-hmm. So there was the bit, you know. The Y2K thing was happening yeah, soon. Yeah, so it was and, huge mm-hmm. and you could. Growing you know, and in demand for resources, yep. people. And that was logical. And <laughs> I was like, you know what, this is the logical job path. You know, I tried this, I had this idea, and so now I'm going to go with something that makes sense, which is IT. So, you know, I got certified in a couple different things, A-plus certification, fixing computers. I got worked at Lucent, I worked at Avaya, I worked at Tesla, and that's what I did, is I was like, okay, I am going to work in a company ah. <laughs> because they're reliable. They're reliable and they yeah. pay me and, yeah. And you got health insurance mm-hmm. and my wife is disabled and, you know, she needed health insurance and so pretty much my jobs have always been driven by making sure there was money and health insurance. Uh, it wasn't really about a dream or no. It was mostly what you did as much as the um, the things that that what you did paid right. for or yes. could the provide. health insurance yeah. was the big yeah. the big thing. My wife is legally disabled now, but at that time, you know, she wasn't she wasn't able to get any of that. So we were you know there were times when we were selling our belongings to make sure she, you know she had her medication. Yeah. You know, so when I was looking for jobs, I was like, it's got to be something that's going to have health insurance. Gotta well, be. and the, <laughs> then health insurance wasn't always available for partners. It, it was, and yeah. And you had to pick the company that had the health insurance for both of us. That was more progressive and did have that type Regardless of Regardless of how I felt about the product or the job or whatever it okay, was, yeah. you know, my wife was my priority. And so, you know, I had to make sure she was well, you know, so. And then last year, actually, I was like, hmm. Last year I got laid off from Tesla. And I took, uh, I actually reviewed the forum uh, in June. And the landmark forum. Yes, the landmark forum. Okay. Yes, I reviewed the landmark forum in June, which I had taken before. And I just was really like, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, like, I don't want to, I'm clear I do not want to work for a company anymore. Like, I'm, you know, I had developed migraines. I had, I had to take stomach medicine every day. You know, just like, it was just this whole body impact that I yeah. didn't really get until I had stopped working at Tesla. Mm-hmm. You know, for the three months that I was laid off. It was very, it was eye-opening. Like, I stopped getting migraines. I, so it was almost like a switch. And yeah. And you're like, oh, so you could kind of look at the cause and effect. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's not a switch, right? And yeah. You don't really know that they're tied I, together. I had never noticed it before. And, um, but the time was like, my headaches went away, my stomach, like, I used to have to take a, deli, a daily acid reflux medication. I stopped having to take that. You know, just like, wow. all out of stopping working at a company. Hmm. <laughs> so I, here you're looking at your life going, I need to be at a company so right. that I can get these things. And yet by me being at a company, exactly. there's all these other health issues mm-hmm. that are going on for me. Yes. And I was unhappy anyway. Yeah. Do you know? So I reviewed the landmark forum and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Cause clearly I don't have any interest in having migraines every day. You know, now that I haven't had a migraine yeah, every day, is, I'd like to be in this space. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I was, you know, so I, you know, that was the first thing I was like, okay, if I'm going to, actually be responsible for my health and my happiness and not just make sure my wife has health insurance what am I going to do and so I took the reviewed landmark forum and I just looked and I was like okay I want to start a business I was like okay what kind of business do I want to start well I want something that is consistent something that's great in Colorado and something that there's going to be people like we'll meet a lot of people and it'll be interesting and so we settled on Airbnb property management uh, which is huge here, um, as you might imagine. There's yeah. tons of Airbnbs. There's it's year round because even if it's not summer, it's still winter. 
and we are a great place for winter. Yeah. You know, people. Yeah, we're a great pay- place for both. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have people, we have people that, we live 20 minutes from the airports. So we have people that fly in just to interview at Anschutz and then they go home, you know, <laughs> but we meet all these amazing, interesting people and it's so much fun. You know, we had, we have a guy sitting with us for four days right now and he is from Florida interviewing for a sheriff, sheriff county jobs here. You know, so it's, you know. Crazy. Great. <laughs> that is so cool because, like you said, you're meeting them and then learning what jobs they're kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's just, and it's just amazing. We had hmm. some guys from South Africa that stayed for six weeks because they were doing a pediatric rotation at uh, Anschutz. They were learning a particular thing, and it was here and not there. So, you know, we had them from for six weeks from South Africa. We had some people from Poland the other day. You know, we had a physician from China a few weeks ago interviewing for a job at Anschutz because she used to live here. Now she's there. Now she wants to come back. You know, so we get to hear all these interesting stories. And my wife loves people, you know, (laughs) so she gets to hear all these things, you know. So it's just a lot of, it was definitely unexpected. Well, yeah. And so, and then you're, but you also turned an asset, your home into your business right yeah. or mm-hmm. and did you end up buying other properties too or is it no. just the one yeah, property we, and we manage the one so we have one in our home and then we uh we actually are changing our business model right now to where we are actually helping people set up their airbnbs so that their licensure is flat and that they are making sure they're following all the rules and they're not breaking any laws because it's you know it's pretty it's intense here yeah it's a it's now a felony here if you falsify any information for your airbnb in Denver County, it's now a felony, and they will fine you and put you in jail. So, so it seems like you have this pattern of you can do something, and then now you can help other people be successful at doing something. I mean, is that yeah? You know, I hadn't thought about that. You, know, and then you, you kind of master it, and then now you have the new expertise, right? And then how can you share that with others? And I'm sure you didn't charge for that initially. I didn't, because you know, that's who you are too. Yeah, you know, we still we're still trying to even sort out like what we even charge for that but you're right I hadn't thought about that I do my wife and I I mean especially I do tend to learn something and then I want to give it away and let other people know how to do it yeah and be able to have access to that you know which I think just comes out of my I have a commitment to people having the life they actually want not the life that was thrust on them not the life they expected not the life someone told them that they could have Mm -hmm. you know the life that they want the life they've settled for yeah, like mm-hmm. the life they, you know, life that they wake up in the morning and maybe they don't jump out of bed exactly, but they're like, okay, let's get started. You know, like they're happy to be moving, having that job or doing that thing or having that life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's just interesting. I think I just, I, I guess I didn't have access to that a lot growing up. It was very much, I'm the oldest. So I was in, you know, my job was to be the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Help my mom who was divorced, you know, help my, my aunts, help my uncles, you know, all like that was what my expect, the expectation was. And if I wanted something that was second. Mm-hmm. And then know. two big things that you wanted didn't happen. Right. <laughs> and therefore you kind of, you know, yeah. like, resolved okay. yourself. So when did, when did all this switch for you? I mean, cause it sounds like your high school, college. Yeah. Yeah. Something, <laughs> yeah. And you know, the corporate, you know. Yeah. Um, you know what I uh, so I took the I took the landmark forum. Honestly, that's where the change started. I think that's where it altered. Is I got from that course that I had choice, and I had never realized that before. I was about twenty when I took the course, and I just really got that there was a choice in how my life could go. You know, like I could I could really pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. Uh, I had moved from Nebraska at that point. You know, I 
was in college in Utah at that point and just trying to sort life out. And even after all that failing and my medicine, my medicine, my money running out and everything, I was like, oh, I do have choice. And I learned that lesson was in the back of my mind for some years off and on, right? Because I still was like, well, I got to get this because got to have health insurance. Yeah. You know, so it was like, okay, there is choice, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's these things. But there's so. also doing the responsible thing right. and taking and, care of and things. And being the oldest yeah. and, you know, I'm even older than my wife, not much older than her, but I'm even older than she is, oh. you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm still, to some degree in my mind, I was still responsible mm-hmm. for her. And, um, you know, she let me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but for her, she was, you know, she had a different conversation that she wasn't able to take care of herself. So we went really well together, you know, because uh, you were more than willing to take care of her. Absolutely. And she was like, oh, and I need someone to take yes. care of me. I wooed so. her with food because she was sick ah. when I met her. <laughs> you know? ah. Now, are you good? Are you a good cook? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to of cook. course. You are. I love to cook. Yeah. I love cooking. It's just fun. I love a short recipe and I love a, an all day, two day recipe, you know, so it's <laughs> one of the, it's one of the ways I get my management skills out. I think is I cook things, ah. <laughs> you know, and you can control the, yes, control the, <laughs> the environment. environment. <laughs> <laughs> Unless yeah. of course you don't have the ingredients or you're right. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. I had to go to the store twice yesterday because of that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> we course didn't complete work. I should cow. say. Was it that? So now, uh, did she, has she done the forum too? Oh, yes. And so, yes. I mean, I'm thinking she understands that she has choice in that whole mm-hmm. aspect. And yes. Okay. My, uh, Abby actually did the forum when she was six in 1984. Wow. Yeah, her family did, her parents did Est, and um, she actually has a letter from Warner Earhart to her parents congratulating her on her birth. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then one later where, there, where he's asking how she's doing. You know, so mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, but it's interesting because you're still a person, you know, even if you take the work, you're still, you're still a person, you still have things come up, you know, we still argue, you know, they're not the drag, you know, the knockdown drag outs that I grew up seeing, mm-hmm. you know, which I yeah. thought was the normal thing. Um, actually being able to have a conversation when things are upsetting is not anything I expected to be able to do as I was growing up looking at relationships. Yeah, because that's not necessarily the norm. No, I, my family, my wife and I have been together 22 years almost at this point. No, maybe 22 years. Yes, 22 Congratulations. years. Congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's a milestone. And we've been married 16 of those. And in my family, that's outrageous. People are like, I don't know how you did that. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, even the people in my family that are married have had, you know, extramarital affairs. There's kids. There's all this stuff. And I was just committed to not that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we're like an anomaly <laughs> in our family. Well, very cool. Married. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. so what about um, any setbacks or failures? I mean, as a business owner now, you know, going from corporate into business, that's a, it's a big switch. So how yeah. have you dealt with the, you know, there's a big mindset change there yeah. on, what well, am I doing enough? What do I need to do? How do you know what to do? Right. Yeah. And there was definitely a learning curve mm-hmm. there for sure. Because, you know, when you have a full-time job, you know what time you've got to get up, you know what time you've got to be to work, you know, you know what time you're done with work, and then you do everything around that. Yeah. You know, when you're just, when you're on your own, your own business, you're like, okay, do I need to get up at 8? Do I need to get up at 10? How long should I work? Do I need to work for four hours? Do I need to work for eight hours? Like, there's all these, there was definitely a lot of 
just environmental changes. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Some of the days were like, did I do enough work? I don't yeah. think I did do enough work. Do you know? So Thank you for articulating that because that's my world. <laughs> just like, did I do it right? You know? Yeah. And it was, so it, the last year has definitely been interesting. And there are definitely setbacks just along the way, even to, to this road. Do you know, I, I started on this journey when I was like 19 and now I'm 41. I'll be 42 in March, and my life is definitely not what I expected it to be. I mm-hmm. didn't expect to be married, you know. I had expected that I had would have had been married, not that I would still be married. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so you even planned for... <laughs> like, I assumed I would get divorced. Just assumed that would get happened. Yeah, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what happens, and that didn't happen. That was weird, despite my best efforts, you know, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that did not happen, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, my mom recently had a stroke, so that's been... You know, right as we were transition, starting to transition the business, my mom had a stroke in April, and we've had a lot of delays dealing with that. You know, I'm, I've been trying to manage her health from another state and take care of things here, and I've been back and forth, and um, definitely a lot of challenges there. And, you know, my own health throughout the years, you yeah. know, since I did play tennis from so young, I've got a lot of body impact, you know, since I did do all those sports for so young. You know, they encourage you to have your kids be in sports, but they don't mention the part that when you're 35, it's all going to be miserable. Do you know? Yeah. Like, it's all going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be <laughs> And good luck sore. with that. Yeah. It's like, it's all, you know, so I appreciate that my body was so great with me, you know, and the endeavors I wanted. But there's, you know, there's all the, you know, I now I have the back thing that I'm dealing with constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, like this... This chair is not the bestest chair, yeah. but and you're, and you're noticing it right off. I am right? noticing it right now, but you know, there's those setbacks. My wife, you know, being disabled, she's had to have, you know, she's had eight knee surgeries. The last one was an 18 month recovery, you know, so there was, we really only could deal with that at that. When that's happening, that's all you can deal with because it's doctors and physical therapists and follow-up surgery visits and is she sleeping? Probably not, you know, yeah. <laughs> and my wife, she's allergic to all pain pills. So oh my gosh. she can't even take codeine. She can't take none of that stuff. So she just, you know, we deal with it. She has to just muscle through it or Basically. grit through it? Oh <laughs> my much. gosh. Yeah, okay. we use lots of ice. But yeah, she's allergic to codeine and all his friends. You know, so there's there's definitely been just different things. And, you know, being gay has not been useful, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to, some, to some degree. There was setbacks with my mother, you know. When I came out, she didn't talk to me for a year, you know, which... Given what she was saying was probably for the best, you know, <laughs> but yeah, was, you know, there's that piece, you know, being black and gay is not necessarily great. You know, it's culturally not acceptable and in the world is not as acceptable either. You know, so I picked a, I picked an interesting <laughs> path, you know, <laughs> I break all the rules, you know, I'm black married to a white person, I'm gay, I don't believe in God, you know, like I'm just checking off all the boxes <laughs> of things that are unexpected. You know, for me, and I just, you know, I just, but I just am, I want, I just really want people to be happy and have the lives that they want to have. Not the life, like I said, not the life they think they deserve. Yeah. And, um. Because there could be a lot of different paths you could take for any one of those. Yeah. Parts of your life. Oh, sorry. And not be happy, right? And right. be in this mode of uh, bitter party of one. Or, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I'm not accepted. And then you don't understand yeah. me. You don't get me. And that's not you. You're more on the other side, which is how can I help people yeah. have the life that they want because I have the life that I want. Yeah. And I've, you wow. know, I've been there where I'm just like, nothing works. feels like nothing's working. 
you know, it feels like I did, I did all the right stuff. I did the 10 things and that's still here I am, do you know? Like, yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I think we all have a, I think we all have an expectation we put on ourselves, you know, as we're growing up, you know, the conversations we hear from our parents are, you know, well, how to be successful in my family, how to be successful is to not be, is to just pay your bills on time and not get divorced. Does anything to do with how happy you are? It doesn't have to do with having money and savings. It is literally about paying your bills. So it's kind of a survival kind <laughs> yeah. of mm-hmm. uh, mindset. Okay. Well, in my family, you're an adult when you can pay your own bills. If anyone has to help you, you are not an adult. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so it's, it was interesting growing up with, with that and yeah. just being able to have, take assistance was also a journey of its own. You know, it's just like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I will figure it out. I don't need your help. You know, yeah. <laughs> like anything that I didn't know how to do, I was like, I will figure it out. <laughs> well, and there is, um, there's sometimes that's a mindset too that I don't need help, and yet a lot of times you need need to ask for help for things, right? And um, and that can make you be more successful and unlock, it's you know, new paths and stuff. Yeah. But then there can also be a reliability on asking for help. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's it, a whole thing. Like, yeah. I kind of, you know, I even at forty one, I kind of still hate team sports. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't have to rely on those other people. Ah! You know, <laughs> I had to like, remind myself <laughs> that other people are okay. <laughs> and, you know, and it's okay if it doesn't work out the first time. Yeah, you know. So, so who um, you've been? You've got a very unique life. And situation. So who inspires you? Or did you have some role models that you could go, oh, I can do this? Or were you just, because of the training you've had, able to say, I'm going to create a future that I want? How Um, did you... Growing up, I would not say that I had any role models. It was mostly... Yeah, because you mentioned there wasn't a black tennis player or that, you know. and it was mostly keep your head down Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Um, I think just coming from Japan, I was like already... Was already odd, you know. <laughs> Growing yeah. up, I was already weird. Who's the new kid? Oh, and then she came from Japan, right? right. You know, new right. kids and are always like, "Well, who's exactly?" The new kid? Yeah. And my mom didn't let us use slang. We couldn't use contractions. Everything was yes sir or no sir, or no ma'am or whatever like that. Oh, and wow. that was even more separating, you know. <laughs> mom, could I be any nerdier, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, the Japanese school system is also ahead. So I was first grade, second grade when we moved here, and they wanted to put me in fifth grade. And Yikes! Yeah, fifth grade, fifth that grade. far ahead. Yeah, fifth grade, I just tested that far out, and happily, my mother did say no to that one thing. But it's not like everyone didn't know, yeah, because they announced those things. <laughs> they, and she's super smart, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's like they think it's motivating or something. <laughs> but really, what it is is fodder for children. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, as I got older, you know, my my wife is actually very much a hero to me. Um, you know, she does have, her her condition is genetic. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get better. It's actually going to get worse as she gets older. You know, and she, every day, she still gets up and she, you know, even if she doesn't feel like it, she still gets up. I mean, I have to make her stay in bed sometimes. Ah, uh-huh. you know. You need to rest and recover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, honey, you got <laughs> to slow down. We were gone all weekend. You got to relax. And I just, I just find her to be remarkable. You know, she's just like, she just pushes she just, she's unwilling to give up. You know, she's not going to let her body tell her what she can and can't do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, there's always, there's a learning curve, of course, of what what your body actually can and can't do. Yeah. You know, but she has always just been like, she gets to the edge of it and she's like, okay, this is where I can go. And then she 
works within that, mm-hmm. you know, but she just doesn't give up. You know, I mean, I don't know if she's in pain every day, all day, chronic pain, chronic insomnia, and she just keeps going. Wow. <laughs> you know, and she doesn't, she keeps loving people, and she's compassionate, and she wants the best for people. Mm-hmm. And she does that despite how bad she has to feel every day. You know, like every day, she just keeps going, and she's, you know, and even my mom, our relationship was awful when I was growing up. It was terrible. You know, it was, and my mom now, you know, like I can see, she was a single parent and she did the best that she could do yeah. with what she had. And, you know, honestly, I should, we probably as children would have been taken away from our mother as we were growing up because she was physically and emotionally abusive, but she did the best that she could do. Yeah. You know, with what she had, dealing with what she had to deal with. You know, a husband who divorced her spontaneously. He basically came home one day and was like, we're divorced. <laughs> Not, I want a divorce. Right. It's done. Yeah, we, it was already I've done. done. This. Yeah, oh, my to, gosh. He went to Guam and got divorced and came home. And this is, you know, after domestic abuse and everything like that. So, she, you know, she did the best. My mom did the best that she could do and with what she had, which wasn't a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was definitely angry for some time, and, but I got it. Yeah. You know, like we just don't know what other people are dealing with. You know, and even though it seems like our parents should have themselves, you know, themselves under control or situated when we're 10 and 12, I really get it now. You know, she dealt with a lot of things and how that came out was anger. And as an adult, I can, I can now look back on those things like, yeah, I'd have been pissed off too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd have been angry too. Pissed off, frustrated. <laughs> frustrated, and, yeah. sad, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then your own feeling of rejection of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, people, you just don't know what people are dealing with. And I try to remember that you just don't know what people are dealing with. And it's not that people, I don't think people want to be mean or jerks or whatever thing we think of when we, are, when we don't love, when we're not happy with the person that we're talking to. You know, I think we just, we just don't know. And we forget that we don't know. Yeah, we you make know. assumptions then. Yeah, we just think, yeah, I know what's happening in your life. <laughs> you know, your yeah. life is just fine. by looking at you, right? right? Yeah, I've heard you're on Facebook. I've seen mm-hmm. what your life is. <laughs> Do you know, your life is fine. <laughs> if you knew what I had gone through, you know, and uh, like that is like this comparison. Yeah, you know. But I just, I just, yeah, I just think we deserve to be happy, and we don't. We're not taught in life that we get to be happy. It's like, you know, you get to make it. That's, you know, that's life. Like, you get to live, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You get to live, and maybe you get to retire. But being happy isn't anywhere in there. There's no classes on happiness. No, there <laughs> isn't. What do you think about it? I was just thinking about that very point, which is um, how do you focus on that? Uh, you know, even as a young person who you look at some young people, and they seem like they have everything, right? right? Yeah. They're athletes or they're involved in whatever activity they want to be involved in and yet there's also something going on there yeah yeah, and you you see it all the time and it's very sad and how do we talk about what does cause happiness and yeah and it's not like it's my job to have you be happy but I definitely want if I can contribute to you being happy if I can contribute to you being able to generate your own happiness or see that you deserve it I'm all about it you know just that you deserve it you know you don't you don't have to like earn the right to be happy <laughs> you know that's you're alive you get to be happy yeah. <laughs> you know you deserve that I get that well thank you that's a, a wonderful maybe way to wrap this up so I usually ask uh, as a closing question 
what what advice would you give, which is hard when you don't even know who's out there, right? right. <laughs> but what, what do you think is maybe the most, um, you know, the one thing I guess you would like to say to the audience about how to, what to take away from you and what your journey has been and maybe their journey going forward? Yeah. Um, hmm. Advice. You know, I think it's let people contribute to you. Like people want to be involved in your life. They want to help you. You know, and there a lot of times people are just waiting for you to ask, <laughs> you know, oh. or they want to help you with that project that you're working on, and maybe they don't know how to ask. They don't know if you want their help. You know, it's just like I think the thing is just like let people contribute to you. You know, let people let people help you. Let people contribute to your happiness because all I think that's all we really want is to help is to contribute to people. I think we've just gotten away from that. You know, we've gotten very me me me. You know, like, I got to take care of myself. I got to look out for myself. And it's just like, you know, do that for sure. Make sure your bills are paid and that you've got food, right? <laughs> do that. Do that, <laughs> right? But also, you know, let yourself have some fun. Let yourself fail because you will. You'll totally fail. That's just the way that is. Mm-hmm. But if you can fail in a way that leaves you with something somewhere else to go, or if you fail in a way it's like, I failed, that's all right. Here's what I'm gonna do now. Yeah, <laughs> almost celebrate the failure, and this is what I learned. And yeah, yeah and now what? Yeah, because I stopped trying new things. I didn't see this until about 13 years ago. I stopped trying new things when I was about 13, because I failed. So I failed so many times trying new things. I stopped. Oh. You know, I stopped trying new things. And uh, and at age 13, I mean, that's a big. That's pretty young. Yeah, to that's stop trying yeah. stuff. Yeah, but we know what we're good at by the time we're, you know, quote unquote, what we're good at. Mm. Very young. You know, and maybe that's the other thing is like you just don't actually know what you're good at until you try. You know, and it seems cliche, like just try, 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 try. But it really, unfortunately, what I found is it actually is accurate. Is you got to keep, you just got to keep trying. You do, because I think we, then when we get to be adults, we'll try again, maybe, if we. Maybe. Oh, I already tried that when I was young. Why would I try that again? But you try it again. And then it works out differently. Right. Yeah, because, you know, we're not 13 anymore. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Or it's even like food. It's as simple as food, right? I know I was, as a young person, very yeah. picky on some things. Very much. And then now all of a sudden I'm like, oh. Yeah, I used to hate I hummus. I do like fish tacos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to hate hummus. I love it now. Oh. I used to hate it until like two years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to my, <laughs> my <laughs> taste, taste buds. buds. But... Oh, wait, because you tried it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like my taste was like, actually, that's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Well, those, I, I love both of those things. So. Okay, good. So be happy. <laughs> Try, try new things, be open, okay. Yeah. Well, Janae, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey, and uh, I think we can take a lot from who you are, and um, and then, again, I just love that you're my coach. There was a reason that we got paired together. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I hope it makes a difference for someone, do you know? <laughs> well, you never know. I have the co- yeah. One of the comments I got early on was, I really needed to hear this today, and that's that couldn't mean more to me than you just don't know who you're going to move, touch, and inspire, and... It's all about the sharing. Yes, that's exactly it. You just so, never know. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to hear what you come up with. <laughs> Make me sound good. <laughs> well, thank you. I think you already sound great. But. Okay, good. Uh, so, <laughs> listeners, uh, please uh, continue to listen to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview with Jenea, please like us on um, your favorite podcast channel. You can also find other interviews on my website, lifestorycurator.com. And, you know, keep subscribing and you'll get alerts. Um, I'm publishing new uh, interviews every Tuesday. So check us out.
Thank you so much. You're welcome.